Okay. I think we're ready. And welcome. We're back again with another episode of the Eclectic Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jen. And I'm your host, Liv. Happy New Year. I know I know it's extra late to say that, but it is a new year for the Eclectic Happy Hour. No, and it's still in January. It's okay. Okay. Well, then we'll just go ahead and move with, move with that. Because your goals don't really fall off until February or March. You're so right. You're, you're <laughs> it's a new year. That's January. True. We do have two special guests today with us for this episode. Hi, I'm Michael Gibson, Jr., and um, Nicholas Mothersbaugh. And they are very accomplished, you guys. Yes. So, <laughs> so accomplished. <laughs> the theme of this episode is to, basically, we're going to the movies. Uh, we're supporting local talent in the cinematic arts, writers, directors, actors. We love to talk. Right now, we're trying to get you focused on your goals and moving forward with different career paths that you probably would never go into. We're going to go into their awesome write-ups. Um, both of them are very accomplished. I think it's safe to say Emmy winner talents sitting in front of us so we're very grateful that y'all came and sat down with us today well, thanks for having us michael a gibson jr is a jamaican-born two-time emmy winning producer for an owned and operated nbc universal broadcasting station in dallas fort worth texas he is a graduate of the university of north texas where he studied rtvf michael is a lover of the arts and expression with his passion being in comedy photography and writing michael has studied improv with four day weekend in fort worth performing in several improv and sketch performances allura is co-written and co-produced Produced by Mr. Gibson. I have Mr. Nicholas Mothersbaugh. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> he also is a director, producer for an owned and operated NBC Universal Broadcast Station within the DFW area. In two years, he garnered over 10 top awards and Emmy, including for his work at NBC. Allure is his second short film, and the first is LFTA. It's a thriller found on IndieFlix.com and Vimo. Allure is co-written and produced also by Nick as well and directed. We appreciate you guys being here. We like to start every episode. We're going to go ahead and get into our icebreaker questions so that we can get to know our guests today. The first question is, as a storyteller, is there a topic that you believe is off limits? I'm going to say no. There's no there's no topic that's off limits because, I mean, if you have the opportunity to live it, I don't think that's off, off topic for somebody living it right i mean that's kind of uh i mean like i said they're living it so why why would you not explore that kind of story for any reason i mean i'm sure there's niceties and ways to avoid if it's like a true story maybe keep names out keep really really hard things that somebody went through maybe change those or something but i don't think there's a story that, that should be off limits yeah, and then uh i've done i've done stand up i've done improv um I, improv in particular you tend to keep things, you know, with kid gloves, you know, treat things lightly. But, you know, for stand-up, a joke's a joke. If it's funny, it's funny. But you also have to just handle it truthfully and as honestly as possible. But, you know, there's, there's a certain way to handle things. You know, whether it's, you know, storytelling, filmmaking, what have you, if there's an authenticity to it, then that's going to ring true. There is a wrong way to handle things, I guess. But if you just handle things with authenticity. Intact. Yes. I think tact is a huge, a huge part of that, proponent of that, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with it. As long as it's not malicious, yeah, go ahead and tell it. Right. Some hard truths need to be exposed, so. 
What would be something malicious that, that you wouldn't want to tell? I think, like, the neo-Nazi movement. Like, some people probably don't want to see those stories, but it's like some of those people need to be exposed. And you have people like Sean King that are storytellers that are exposing them for what they really are. They say that they're not a hate group, but in essence, you are a hate group because the Nazis were based upon hate. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I don't think anything's off limit. Like those people said, everyone has a story. And I feel like as long as it's portrayed correctly and accurately, mm-hmm. I feel like you let the people know, let them hear and decide for yourself how you feel and how you take it, you know? Yeah. Kind of absorb something new. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. The second question is, what are three of one of these categories, producer, actor, director, writer, that have shifted the art of cinema, in your opinion? Mm-hmm. Uh Gosh, what's his name? Um, um, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> that's one. Yeah, yeah, but I'm thinking something more recently with um, who's gosh, dang it, and I met him, Peel. Oh, Jordan, Jordan Peel. Peel. Okay. I think yeah. Jordan Peel is doing something quite amazing. He's using the platform that he got in on, which is comedy, to meet the people he needed to meet to make the films that are important to him and important to the people that he's making those films for. I mean, Get Out was like was a fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. And then this new film he's got coming out, Us, is yeah. looking like another winner. And I don't know if he he's always wanted to do thrillers or horror, but the way he used the platform he had at the time to segue into what he wants to do, mm-hmm. I think that's just, that speaks volumes. And that's, I mean, that's what you got to do when you're starting out is take what you can get and then make the connections in order to move into a different direction to spell out the message you want to, to share. And I think he's doing an amazing job at that. I'm still going to stick with Clinton, but I, I do agree with you on Jordan Peele. Um, I also think Christopher Nolan, and we were just talking about this the other day. We were talking about there was a box set of DVDs of like his essential DVDs on Amazon. Going through, of course, they had they had the Dark Knight, they had Inception, Inception, they had the the War One, uh, Dunkirk, Dunkirk, but they left off the one that put him on the map for me was Memento because I was in the theater. And just that, the storytelling, like, when the movie was over, I went and saw it with a friend, and I was just like, the credits come on, and everybody's leaving. I mean, we're still sitting there, and I'm just like, the hell did I just watch? There's always something that he offers in a film that's just not what you expect. Like, if you haven't seen Interstellar, there's a twist that you didn't see coming at all and and was fantastic and inception the whole thing is a twist it's just ridiculous <laughs> just the idea of dreaming within a dream and then even with dunkirk the way he went about telling the story and this isn't really a what, what's it called spoiler, uh, spoiler alert, alert. Mm-hmm. this isn't a spoiler <laughs> alert because as soon as you start the movie it's that's part of it but just the way he tells it in like one portion of it is it happens in a week one portion happens in a day and one portion happens in an hour. And the way he stretches that out in an hour and a half film is insane. It's beautiful. And yeah, it's just he's changing the way storytelling is being done. It's fantastic. I can't deal with those movies that take timelines because eventually I'll be like, what day is it when I'm sitting in the movie? Yeah, because I'll completely forget (laughs) where I am because I get so engrossed in film Mm -hmm. and movies Mm -hmm. that I'm like, is it today? Is today Wednesday? And I'm like, no, (laughs) I came to the movies on Thursday, so today is still Thursday. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I go in in and I forget. Like, I just turn everything off. I try to turn off, because I do this for a living at NBC. Mm -hmm. So, um, not to that level, but, um, I mean, I create commercials every day. So, I try to turn off that part of my brain and just watch it and just get engrossed and just, like, fall in love with something for, like, a couple hours. And it's, it's... 
the best thing ever. It's just like getting lost in a film that you didn't think was gonna be this, you thought it was gonna be this straightforward thing and then it just turns into something else. And even if it is straightforward, you fall in love with a character or a way somebody's like directed something or shot something, mm. changes the whole thing and you come out like, wow. What did I just watch? That's true. Yeah. I felt that way going to see Vice because I treated myself to the movies. And I was like, let me see some of the nominated films for the Oscar, the upcoming Oscars. And Vice and If Bill Street Could Talk were really captivating. I, but Vice really just kind of put me on the edge of my seat. And I'm like, we sit here and elect these officials that have known substance problems. And everybody seems to be okay with that, mm-hmm. which I'm trying to question myself. It also seems like, you know, people that have... Who doesn't know somebody in their life that's dealing with yeah. either a mental issue or a substance issue or, or something like that in their past? So, And not to discredit anybody that has a substance problem. I'm not trying to say that, right, but it's course. more so you're diabolical <laughs> and you already have a history of very bad behavior. Why not just go ahead and give you power to the free world and see what you do with that? Right. <laughs> right. I love that that movie. That was a movie. It was great. Yeah, it was really good though. I like the way they put that together. <laughs> I'm biased. That's okay, dude. Queen Latifah. Oh, girl. Oh, <laughs> Listen, she, go ahead. she go ahead. went from different genres. So she came from a rap artist yes. to being in all these different types of movies. And she has never honestly been Don't typecasted. Don't television. Te- Don't there you go. I, was, I just saw television. Single, yeah. yes. I just saw a rerun of that the other day. And she's <laughs> never been typecasted. Every single film, every single even television show, she's carried a different persona and a different person. She was never just a maid or never just someone that never found love. You're right. Or someone, she's played several different roles, which I think is is astonishing because a lot of actors do get stuck where they're just only playing horror films. You see that person in the movie, you're like, oh, it's going to be a bad movie. She's not going to fall in love and get beat. Horror films and dying in the first ten Yeah, Not everybody's a Samuel L. Jackson that can be in sci-fi to horror to drama to I think I think we can, and I think it's Queen Latifah. She is. She will be the female Sam Jackson. She is. Samuel. Yes. Okay. Queen L. She is. Queen La. Queen La, yeah. Okay. Well, the last question is, what in a word or phrase sums up today's society? Hmm. Needy. I think a lot of people are very needy, especially with the advent of social media. Need attention, need. Need attention, need uh, reassurance, need just something need to show off that they have friends that they have things that they have this crazy lifestyle that maybe they don't you know i've ran into a few people that just make shit up and yeah post it (laughs) like it's some like you know something real like i know a person that put um a picture of a beach on their computer and then shot it in such a way that it made it look like their selfie was on the beach and i was like (laughs) What are you doing? <laughs> if you can channel that I talent. I mean, that's talented, but, you know, that's, that's unique, yeah. but I don't know. That's a lie. They got to, like, know? channel it in different ways because if you're yeah. that talented to manipulate things, you, imagine what else you can do. You're seeing such the good side of this. That's amazing. <laughs> good for you. Very optimistic of you. I am very optimistic. Yeah. That's my downfall and, a, like, a upside. No. need more, more optimistic folks. I would say self-centered for me, kind of like what you said. Honestly, I feel like a society we're slowly but surely all morphing, not all of us, but some of us are morphing into narcissists mm-hmm. to where we, like you said, self-centered. They're like all about themselves, all about what they're presenting to the world and how they come across as whether I'm high or you're low. And it's not that necessary, I don't think. So we're training people to be like, oh, what can you do for me? As opposed to I'm just doing this because I like it or 
yeah, this is I my think mission. there's a lot of that. Yeah, what can you do for me? What's the reciprocal? I'll do this if you do if that, you, yeah. or I will do this only if you do that. Exactly. There's a lot of that out there. Yeah. I think for me personally, I would say fractured, because we've we've both worked in television. I know way back in the day before even either of us were born, it used to be just three channels. And with the advent of cable and more recently with internet television, Netflix has come in and, you know, just just totally upheaved what's been going on for the last several years. Just media in general, like everybody's do- off doing all these different things. And like I played this really awesome game, which it seems like, you know, a ton of people have played. It's called uh, Red Dead Redemption. Like, I know my boy here, he got rid of his, uh, you were playing, you were on PlayStation, I think, before. You know, I played it, and I was just, it was such a beautiful story. I won't spoil anything for anybody, but if you if you, you need to go out there and get that game, it was just so beautiful. But I just want to talk to my friends about this experience, like, you know, but nobody I know is playing that game. I'm just, like, wanting to tear my dreads out. <laughs> <laughs> It's sort of the same thing with, like, you know, television and, and movies and stuff, because, like, you know, a lot of the, the movies and shows, you know, you know, I'm willing to give a chance to. Not a lot of people are. And sad. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. I think access is a, pro- it's a good thing and it's a bad thing, because you have access to just about any kind of platform you want to have access to. But then some things I feel like you should wait your turn and take the time to actually invest and enjoy example dating like a lot of people have easy access to tinder and they can just swipe whoever they want to meet up with and you have the option of ghosting somebody and you have the option of actually meeting that person but what time are you actually taking to invest in meeting and getting to know another person that's very true yeah that is true okay with both of you gentlemen being so very accomplished in tv i know tv is completely different than film and cinematic arts. So what actually got you started in your career? What was that thing that brought you to TV production or directing? Uh, well, for me, it was I needed a job. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I went from one in-house. So I, st- I have my degree in graphic design. So I went from one in-house. Um, oh. Do you? Oh, mine's a software programming. Oh, okay. So we're, we're close. We're close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brother, sister. Yeah, hey. Um, so a graphic design degree uh, got me started, and I went to in-house and uh, knocked around there for three years and then switched to do a, a startup company with a couple of friends. Long story short there, I was making too much money, and my department was losing too much money, mm-hmm. so they decided that I didn't need to be there anymore. And so that kind of led me to a few months of unemployment. I was kind of kicking around like, whoa. What do I want to do? Because I had started doing video early on in my career uh, while doing graphic design. Uh, so I, I didn't know, did I want to go back to graphic design? Did I want to do video production? And ended up a TV station called me from Amarillo, Texas, of all places. And that was an ABC station there. And um, they wanted me to come work for them. And um, there weren't any better prospects hanging around in Lincoln, Nebraska, which is where I'm from. Uh, so I was like, all right, packing up, picking up, and, and taking off to Amarillo. And so I, that's kind of how I got started in the TV business. And then uh, my boss left there, and I was interim creative director for a little while until he gave me a call about like five, six months later and was like, hey, you're better than that place. Why don't you come work for me here? And I got on the first plane and was there and haven't looked back since. So luckily enough, I've you know been able to meet 
awesome people like Michael here and get to do the things I've got to do. I know, it's practically love at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> precisely, precisely that. So that was just that was the quick intro to my like how I kind of got here. I can go way into detail, but I know we only have so much time here. But uh, I'll let him speak now because he's I, probably got more interesting things to say. I mine. I'm trying to. This, I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version because I could go. I could go a long time, but uh, I guess we'll sort of start back in at UNT when I was uh, when I was there I went about the first year and a half undeclared but when I was there about the first year I ended up lucking into a stand-up comedy show like as seeing a show but then they advertise it for like an hour and a half no pardon me they advertise it for like three hours but they only did an hour and a half but they were like open mic to anybody that wants to come up and I was like oh I think I want to go up there so uh, this girl ended up going up. I went up after her. I got third place, won 50 bucks. They invited me to come back and, you know, I, I, you know, did some more. But then when that sort of fizzled, I was like, I, I think I really want to do comedy and, and try to write. Because, you know, at that time, my dream was to, you know, work for NBC, but to go to New York and either write for Conan or Saturday Night Live or to have my own thing. But then when I started going through film school I realized you could write the greatest thing in the world doesn't mean a it'll necessarily get done the way that you mm -hmm. envision it or uh, or B that it'll get picked up at all yeah you know and so I realized production was mainly the the way to have more creative control ended up producing a couple shorts in college but then out of school uh, I worked for a audiovisual company out of Dallas I had you know at, like a true Jamaican I had like three jobs <laughs> so I you know I was doing that and they, that company in particular, they would do anything as big as concerts or as small as like business, you know, meetings that you would find in hotels, set up, run and tear down. The biggest thing I got to do was to work uh, like a banquet. I got to run lights and then tear down. But then I went to them, you know, and I was also hosting at Chili's. Uh, I was working in a warehouse. So juggling all these different calendars, I was like, uh, you know, I went to the boss and I was like, could I get more work? And they're like, well, we schedule y'all based on the clients that hire us. So I was like, okay, I got it. So after being there, I forgot how long. I quit everything because I just got so tired. And I got a desk job at an auto finance company where I met this guy who was also Jamaican, found out we were both uh, UNT grads were there about the same time. Uh, he ended up telling me that, like, he was like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, you know, well, I want to go to, you know, work for NBC. That's like my dream job. And he's like, oh, that's hilarious. My mom works for NBC. Oh, that's awesome. You know, but I just filed it away, you know, didn't harass him because, you know, it, it, exactly. You, you, you know, you need a network. You need to know people because you never know when that next opportunity will jump. Well, working in that auto finance company, if the economy had not tanked back in 09 or whenever that was, uh, I probably still would be there to this day because, you know, I was going up and around and getting promoted and stuff. Uh, that gentleman trained me, and uh, but he ended up getting let go, and he now works for the FAA, which is now dealing with, you know, mm, the whole furlough business. Yeah. But, you know, he's been there. He's married now. He's got a beautiful little girl. But... He uh, he called me up after I uh, a couple weeks later I got let go, and was on unemployment for about two weeks. He calls me up and he's like, "Dude, would you you know my mom's got a got an opening? You know, would would you?" I was like, "Dude, I would scrub toilets just to say that I work for NBC." Wow. He's like, "Well, 
you know, send in your resume and, you know, because, you know, I can put in a good word for you because, you know, I know your work ethic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mom's really, you know, a really tough character. And, and I got the job, but she was like, you know, you, you got to learn to, you know, add, subtract, read, write, multiply, divide, mm-hmm. all that. And I say that to say that uh, if I got that job, straight off of the street I probably would not last for very long I'm so glad for the opportunity that I had at that auto finance company dealing with everything that I had and you know people in the real world and stuff because that helped me out so much yeah great I didn't even know that story about you that's awesome (laughs) wow I think that's awesome because y'all both had major shifts and y'all were able to bounce back without any humdrum like oh woe is me I'm gonna walk around and you know be sad for years mm-hmm. but the fact that you change your situations and especially you two as well just moving to a different place you're like oh I'm just gonna go and you just take an opportunity let me just jump in this <laughs> lane and see if how it works that's 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 amazing it's powerful well, I, yeah that's, that's how I've always you know lived my life is you know just being able to shift and pivot and just being open to opportunities. That's a lot of, you know, I was I was living this life and then I ended up taking the improv years later and they're like, you know, just say yes. And I was like, I was doing that for so many years before, you know, somebody told me that's exactly what it was that I've been doing all that time. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same, in the same boat, just, just somebody, you know, says, says no to you and you're like, well, why? You know, why, you know, what does that, what does that have to do with me? I can do whatever I want. <laughs> you know, like uh, I'll, you say no, someone else is going to say yes. So it's just like you were saying about what other extra opportunity arises out of one door being shut. And it's such a cliche to say things like that, but it's, it, it is it's true. true. And it's, it's a true. cliche for a reason. It's because it, it happens so frequently. Just, I mean, there was a woe is me, don't get me wrong, while I was unemployed for three months and That's all natural. I was drinking yeah. was yeah. whiskey and uh, <laughs> eating beans and rice. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was true. fun and a tr- and it was fun and kind of not fun but uh i found out what kind of person i was when that happened mm-hmm. like i didn't go home and, comp- and just start breaking down crying and you know going to mom and dad who lived you know a couple blocks down the way saying oh what have i done what's you know what should i do next or whatever it's like as soon as i got home as after i got fired i jumped on linkedin and started making a uh, resume and started hitting i think i hit like 20 20 different places up that day after being fired. I mean, I think whereas many other people would just, you know, be down in the dumps for a week or a couple of days, I was just like, no, I got to attack and I'm the rat that churns the cream into butter and I climb out. So, wow. so I went for it. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is the hardest part about being a writer, director, producer, what have you? What do you find is the hardest part creatively for yourself? Finishing it. Sometimes finishing it and... Then I'd say if you really want to get it made, getting it made, like finding people that want to make it with you and finding money if that's if that's part of the deal. I mean, we made this Laura with <laughs> the money in our pocket, <laughs> so yeah. uh, and a little help from other people. But uh, for me, I would say as soon as you start writing it, finishing finishing it is is always is always a battle because um, you always have that weird thought like. Am I am I writing the right thing? Am I spending my time with the right thing? You know, is this going anywhere? That you just really got to sit down and and make sure that you're making the most out of your time, and any little bit forward, any little bit bit of movement forward is 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 positive, good for yards in my in my book. So just keep at it. I would agree with that sentiment. Uh, I know for me personally, it's writing and then just finding finding the time and making myself do one thing because I. 
like I was saying earlier, being fractured, you know, I, you know, I, I constantly coming up with, with ideas for like comedy sketches. Um, while we were doing Alora, I came up with like, I, I was constantly pitching him like other ideas too throughout this whole process. I think, I think we've got like four or five other things that I've pitched you. And I think there's, you've focused me down to like two things. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm, I'm I'm sitting over here like I want to do photography too. I want to I want to paint. You know, it's, I think that's like the greatest. I don't know, not Horcrux, but uh, the kryptonite to being being a creative is there's so you many things you want to touch. Right. Yeah, you can't just you don't want to just do one. Yeah. And even those people that say they want to do one, they're still like flashing pictures with their old Canon AE1 program and getting <laughs> black and whites made for the film they're making or something. You know, they're doing something else. Yeah. But, so let's get into Alora, because when we were first introduced to the uh, trailer, it was a lot of questions that I have, and I could read the synopsis, but I don't think I would give as much passion and justice as if you yeah. two were to tell it. So if you can just give our listeners a brief overview of what the story is about. Well, the story is about a, uh, uh, a planet that's been discovered within the Goldilocks zone of a star. Another Earth-like planet, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and the single mother is training for this opportunity of the lifetime to go and visit that planet. So the crux of the conflict of the story is this opportunity of a lifetime a and this dream mm-hmm. for her to go and visit this planet versus the love of the child that she would potentially have to leave behind. So, you know, does she, does she not? And it's so much more than that, but that's what I'm telling people yeah. to get them in. You can't give everything. Of course. <laughs> you can't give everything away. No, that's exactly right. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of different parts to it that we can't share right now. No, that's fine. <laughs> what was the creative inspiration or just what inspired the story overall? Like, what was the concept? What was the storyboard looking like? Like, where did y'all get to this product? Well, it started with we were trying to make this thing called Cinespace. So it's uh, the Houston Film Fe- uh, not Film Festival, Houston Film Society and NASA get together and sponsor this thing called Cinespace. And you had a bunch of different categories like uh, short film, best depicting reasons to continue manned space flight and um, best reasons to go to Mars, things like that. So we, when we found out about that, I think it was like about two weeks before the deadline, and we, and we were like, yep, we're going to do it. And so we tried putting all these people together and all this stuff together and, and, and try to make it, and, and sadly we missed it. But then we had a whole nother year to come back, make it better, and, um, and enter it the next, next year round. Did we do that? No, we didn't uh, spend any time that year really coming back to it and making it any better or anything. So what you get is really like three weeks worth of filmmaking, and that's all. I mean, we, we, didn't, we didn't try to add more money to it. We didn't take another year to it. We just wanted to, we wanted to make the same thing that we went into it making despite having another opportunity <laughs> because I thought, yeah, I thought that would just would have ruined the whole reason we started it because it was like a little passion thing. We were like, ooh, this sounds like fun. We're all into it. Let's just jump in and make something like that. Um, and so that's how it kind of got started. The whole story a bit about it, I think, was just like we we realized that every every story like that was, was male-driven. And there's, you know, even if, even if you have somebody wanting to grow up to be a space person uh, or a, uh, an, an astronaut, astronaut. alien. <laughs> um, but anybody who wanted to grow up to be an astronaut, it was, it was always like a little boy. And, and we were kind of like, you know what, what about women? 
like I'm sure women have that dream. There's current working, you know, NASA folks that are women. There's a there's a movie out about all the women who actually sent the first uh, what sent Neil and them to the moon. Yeah. Uh, what's that? Is it called Hidden Figures? Uh, Hidden Figures. Yeah. Which is so a we were just like, you know, we, we let's let's make these these main characters women um, and a mother daughter just because there's that more of that conflict with you know how do you leave your spitting an image basically behind to follow a dream and so that's kind of where it gets fun yeah women in stem that has that seems to be the big i feel like research well not even resurgence i feel like that's the thing now is getting young girls into coding or mm-hmm. science technology engineering engineering i'm sorry mathematics what is it about this story that you felt like women had to be the forefront just felt that it was it was absolutely just important it was it was it wasn't really the importance of it that we were after but it was just darn it we want to put our foot down and we want to see women on screen for me it was um i was raised by women my my mom my aunt and my grandma took the most care of me my dad uh wasn't in the picture um so women are a huge portion of my life so I mean most of my things like my previous short film was a strong uh, female character albeit a little crazy but uh, that was really important to me just and I just see all these films out there that are just not including great female actors in roles that they're amazing for and, right. and I understand like the the process of finding um, your cast and that's a difficult one very very difficult especially at their level you know, there's 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 nothing in a in a in a screenplay that unless it says, you know, the the smoking gun is actually some dude's mustache. Like, there's no reason that somebody could be a woman for one of the characters. And uh, then you, it's funny that you bring that up because, like, I love Grey's Anatomy. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Okay. But uh, <laughs> uh, Bailey, the character of Bailey, she was originally yeah. scripted to be a man. Really? Really? Yeah. You didn't know that? No. no. Go back and look that up. But uh, they they wanted her to be a white man, but I don't remember what the uh, uh, opportunity was that she was able to come in and, and audition, mm-hmm. and she ended up getting the part. And she's one of the stronger she, characters exactly. of that show. Now, how did you all pick your characters for the film? Well, it was funny. I, I uh, Through all the years of improv, the woman that plays the mother, uh, Lauren Brizendine, I've studied with her. She was actually a T.A., in my third year of improv, studying under the great uh, Anthony Bowling in our character class, and she was the TA. And but like, you know, she had graduated from that, and I think she was also the first, you know, one of the first graduating females of uh, the Dallas Comedy House, which is doing their, I think, their tenth anniversary now. Uh, so she's done great things, you know, written sketches and and performed for years, and so I've seen her, and she's always been a strong performer, and so when it came down to it. You know, we were we were thinking about all sorts of ethnicities and and, and stuff, and you know, it, it kind of does hurt my soul that I didn't depict somebody of color. You know, but but you know, Lauren is from Louisiana, and so there's a little bit of that, you know, melding. You know, she looks a little, you don't know quite what she is, but uh, when we went to cast, like Nick's, like you know, who do you want? You know, we we need to find this guy. I go. I already know the mom. I know who the mom is. Lauren has, you know, has done comedy for for so many years, and I, you know, I sat down and talked to her, and she was very apprehensive at first. Like she looked at the script, she thought it was, you know, a beautiful story. 
she had to sleep on it for a couple of days because she was just like she didn't think that she was ready to you know for something quite this dramatic i tell you but the whole cast all the women in the film they knock it out of the part especially maddie who plays her daughter is just a little firecracker nine year old little girl yeah who's just got just got the poise and just like the understanding of like a 20 something in a nine-year-old's body like she's you, grown but she's young she's grown <laughs> but she's young it's insane like the things you can tell her she like she'll just like you know like randomly like when you say something to her she'll just do this with her eyes she'll be like yeah um okay yeah i got you all right and then she'll just go and do it and you're like did you hear me or and then when you yell action she does just, it just does it and and i mean it's it's amazing but anyway to your point about finding actors um we had two actors lined up that were African-American, the little girl. Yes, yeah. The little girl that I worked with on a commercial was um, was a mixed girl, and she was fantastic. She was probably one of the, still one of the best little girls that I've ever worked with, and I wanted her and her mother um, to be the astronaut and, and the mom, mm -hmm. um, the mom and the daughter, I mean. And for whatever right. reason, that kind of fell through, but. Yeah, I think it was timing, because I think they were out of town. Yeah, they were on some, yeah, some other some shoot, shoot that was actually paying a lot of money so, <laughs> that we couldn't do. But but so it was very close to being much more much more of a diverse, picture like yeah. that diverse picture, yeah. Instead of just a guy in a in a lab coat that's the doctor. <laughs> so, no, but we great. wish that would have worked out. Is there any deeper message than what's like on the surface? Sometimes those subliminal messages that people may not get. Is there something about this film that you want to? say to the audience they well for the for the main one they have to come and see it of course <laughs> but uh i think for for me you know it's a story about first and foremost love the love of dreams the love of family you know the the bond between a mother and a daughter i think that's the that's the biggest theme throughout the whole film yeah um um the one for me is just uh uh, being prepared for failure or loss, a huge one, I think, that goes through there because, you know, like, your mom leaves and, you know, what do you have? What's, you know, what's, what happens after that? Um, and the other one is just spending time with the folks you have while you have them. Yeah. You know, um, you know, call grandma, call mom if you're not in the same city uh, because you just don't know when, when, folks are going to be gone or yeah. when you're going to get farther and farther away and it's going to be harder and harder to um, reach back out to them and everything like that. But there's always going to be that love there. And I think that's what this thing really does is like it shows um, that no matter the time and distance, like love kind of transcends any of that. And space and time. <laughs> transcends space and time. I feel like that's like out of a sci-fi. I think that's out of Interstellar or something. Mm. That sounds like it. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, those would be probably the, the main ones, um, I would say. Yeah. Great. Those are some really good messages. <laughs> okay, so I'm sold on going, coming to see it. So can you tell us a little bit about the Denton Black Film Festival? All right. Well, the Denton Black Film Festival, this is going to be the fifth year of the festival. Um, the 2019 festival runs from the 23rd through the 27th of January. Um, the 23rd, there's going to be a reception. Uh, they've got all sorts of stuff. Like I've been to all sorts of different festivals, um, but this one's this one is just so 
immersive. There's there's movies, there's art, there's comedy, there's music. The closing night performance is uh, a saxophonist by the name of Kirk Whalem. You may yes, not know I've who Kirk Whalem. You may have yes. heard of him, but you probably don't even realize it. He was the saxophonist in the Whitney Houston song "I Will Always Love You." And I was like, really? "That's him? Oh my god!" Because he blew. Yes, because he, he he blew that song. Yeah. He, he blew that sax. So uh, so yeah, y'all need to get out there. Um, and and see him, you know, Grammy Award winner. Oh my God! Yeah. So um, so they'll have uh, Grammy Award winning Kirk Whalem. They'll have Emmy Award winning <laughs> and Michael Gibson. Um, our movie particular plays on the twenty uh, sixth of January at six fifteen at the Campus Theater. Um, you can visit www.dentonbff.com to see um, all the sorts of stuff that they've got, got going on. Uh, they've got uh, they've got panels. Uh, that I think they've started an institute this year. You can find out more information about that. Um, just a lot of a lot of great stuff. I think there's also a, they're bringing in a food element this year too. So they're they're doing like a wine and food pairing. But I'm just like it's. You know, I, I've been to other. It's growing. Yeah, it, it's 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 growing so fast. Um, I also know that this year they're having a screening of a uh, movie, Imitation of Life, which I think is the fiftieth yes, anniversary. Yes, I saw that. So, and I, I I heard that they have some special some special things planned around that. That's that screening, I believe, is going to be on the twenty fourth. Okay. So yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of lots of great stuff going out there. Um, they've got art. They've got uh, they've got a fibers exhibit, really big quilter that I, I know and I've met the lady too. Her name escapes me right now, but uh, but she's she's won awards. But there's just with plenty her quilts, out there's, there. There's so much from to quilt see. making to films to, to comedy. food comedy. Sounds like my type of party, <laughs> <laughs> right? Now can you tell again what day you're viewing again and time? Again, so we're we can make uh, sure they know. Again, come out and see Alora. We're part of the short film block which is playing at 6.15 on January 26th at the Campus Theater in Denton, Texas. And we are up for Best Texas Short and Best Short yes. Awards. Yes. So that's exciting. Well, cheers to best of luck in winning that category. <laughs> right, definitely. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Make sure you all go out and actually support, show up. Show out? Yes, please. <laughs> tell a friend to tell a friend. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, this is some of the best... Um, um, black entertainers and uh, filmmakers and what have you. Uh, in the area, there's some coming from out of the state, so I think it's a great opportunity to just rub elbows, meet people. Yeah. Kiss babies. Kiss yeah, babies <laughs> or hold them. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a great, it's a great life. I went last year. I, I can't remember if I went the year before or not. No. But it was, it was just last year. But it's it's you gotta you gotta plan your days. You gotta you gotta give it a couple days because there's it, it doesn't all happen in one day. It's it's spread out over the the course of the week. So there's certain things you definitely want to make, like the Alora uh, oh, screening, yeah, um, which is Saturday six fifteen. Um, you gotta kind of make sure that you're there for for the right times and everything like that. And they're kind of spread out because some, some things happen at the campus, some things happen at, at like the film theater that's up the yeah, way. Yeah, the Alamo Draft House. I think, I think so. Yeah, and yeah. then... Uh, so there's walking involved. 
So enjoy walking or trying to find a parking space. Well, I mean, out you there. gotta walk off that popcorn eventually. So at some point, or whatever the wine pairing. Yeah, is. the wine yeah. pairing. You're right about that too. Okay, so one final question before you leave, and then I definitely want y'all to leave your contact information or wherever anybody could reach you to get more knowledge about the film or just about y'all personally. My final question is: Where do you think Dallas, Fort Worth, the whole Metroplex area? Where do you think that talent is going? Because you know we have. Nora Jones, Erica Badu, and a few different actors and film creators. But where do you think Dallas talent is at right now? Growing. I don't, I don't think anybody's like really made themselves in some way. I think there's certain like shows come here, mm-hmm. like the Queen of the South comes here and shoots. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that on Netflix. Um, you've seen that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. That's a really good. <laughs> so show. that that shoots here. So, I mean, there's opportunities that come through all the time. Um, I know Austin has a lot of stuff going on, but I think Dallas used to have a bigger, um, a bigger footprint, but it's, it's slowly coming back. It's growing. There's a lot more. I belong to a lot more film uh, groups on Facebook, so it <laughs> makes me feel like it's growing. Uh, so there's that. But um, I, think it's, I think it's just growing. I think, I think you got to just kind of come out and support and help and whatever you can do in any way. Uh, be involved and if that's you know maybe you don't have your own film equipment but you have you know somebody who does or you you want to learn I mean everybody will accept another PA on the on the team you know just to just to stand by be a fly on the wall and help when they can so whatever you can do to help us out that's that's always always a plus yeah and like I you know I went to school in Denton and Denton was Denton is pardon me uh, a huge mecca for the arts and uh, you know, so I I think you just got to get in there and look, like open your eyes and, and see what's out there because they're uh, you know, you know I I've grown up here since I've I was about a year and a half, but you know I, I grew up very sheltered. But it wasn't until I went to college and started seeing what's out there. Mm-hmm. There is all, you know, and then doing, you know, my day job is that I work in community, so I get to see a lot of the the arts and, and, and stuff that happens around the Metroplex. There's a lot happening. A lot of people are doing a lot of beautiful things if you take the time to open your eyes and, and see what they're doing. You know, Facebook, there's all kinds of groups yeah. that are just like the, where you can be the interested in <laughs> stuff, you know, like there's all kinds of things going on. Yeah. There's so many things going on. You just got to seek them out like yeah. there's there's art shows like every month i think something like that and there's yeah. you know uh screenings of short films and there's some sort of short film festival or regular festival like every other if not every quarter like every other couple of months yeah there's a lot going on y'all have given me a whole new window <laughs> and i've been kind of quiet but it's like i'm i'm blown away by everything that y'all said from trials to tribulations to success i wish the best for both of you yeah. honestly well, thank you and do you have any advice for the listeners? Uh, one to my heart is just support local. Support local comedy, support local music, just support the arts. That's one of my greatest passions, is just supporting the arts. And I'm so blessed to have a job in the day where I get to you know, do that. No, and, and support doesn't mean come fling money, although that is always helpful. Yes. But, I mean, just showing up to things, like coming and watching a screener that's free or costs five bucks or something, like, you know, for, for an up-and-coming local artist, I mean, that means the world to people. So, um, or, you know, a rapper or a new 
band or something just coming to see, coming to see them and have a beer yeah. just to watch and, and you know it, it grows confidence and it grows and that's 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 really important to people is having that confidence to keep going with what they're doing because they're just taking a shot in the dark they're like this is something i like to do i don't know if anybody else likes what i'm doing but i'm gonna go out there and um you know be naked and and make that happen yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're bearing your soul yeah, yeah. But then there's some acts where you're naked, and I don't know about those. But, <laughs> but then, sort of to piggyback on on Nick's comment is just if you've got a passion, do it, because there's an audience out there. You just have to find them. It's very true. Yeah, the answer is always no until you ask or until you do it. So. So that is the end of our show. So can you please leave your social media handles where they can reach you? Well, for the uh, for the film, Alora, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's Alora Film, A-L-O-R-A Film. Uh, you can find me at Nicholas Mothersbaugh on Facebook. Um, I'm more, I'm more uh, active on my Instagram, which is also at Nicholas Mothersbaugh. That's N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-M-U-T-H-E-R-S-B-A-U-G-H. Probably the longest name you've ever heard. <laughs> but um, good luck spelling that. Uh, hopefully you catch up with me and and we become close friends. Sounds good. And then I also have a podcast. I'm going to plug real quick. Yes. It's, the, plug. Uh, plug it's the Avert Your Eyes podcast. I go around talking to local creatives about their backgrounds and creative endeavors and, and what have you. Uh, that is www.avertyoureyespod.com. And all my social media is on there. So that will probably be the easiest way for you to find me. <laughs> and also, we'll check, check out my last short film as well on uh, Vimeo. I got a lot of work up on Vimeo, and it's it's just Nicholas Mothersbaugh. I'm not hard to find. <laughs> I'm not He's hard, hard to spell. No, I'm just hard to spell. Okay. Yeah. We'll, Sounds great. Yeah. We'll make sure we'll leave this in um, the Instagram write-up. So make sure you check out our Instagram page to find the write-up, a short trailer, and as well as a breakdown of the cast. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you. Best of luck to both yeah, of you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks thank for having you. us. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This has been another episode of the Eclectic Happy Hour. Thank you. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend.